Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Oh, well, it's another episode, another day. Thank you all for being here. However you're listening, whenever you're listening, thank you for giving me another 40-some minutes of your time. This is episode 59, and really it's going to be used as kind of a catch-all. I'm recording this just two days before Thanksgiving 2019, and I've just recently got over kind of being sick for like two weeks, so uh, I'm just kind of getting back on top and feeling better. Everything's kind of starting to smooth out uh, health-wise, thank God, but while we are quickly approaching Turkey Day, and depending on when you're listening to this, maybe Turkey Day was actually yesterday. So if you're listening to this from the future, that's part of what makes podcasts so wonderful, is you can listen to this at your leisure whenever. Uh, Whenever you're listening, now, today, tomorrow, the next day, a week from now, thank you for listening. Please be sure to continue sharing the show, sharing each and every episode. Episode 58 was the intro to the Intro to American Civics course. So it's the look at what we would be looking at, and I started off on some of that. We will be going into part two for episode 60, which I will be recording this Friday and Saturday. So please... Come back here for episode 60, and we'll continue those civics episodes on all of the even number episodes, so 58, 60, 62, 64, and onward, until we've kind of got that wrapped up. But meanwhile, that leaves the Tuesday shows, or the odd number shows, for kind of what's going on what's happening locally, what's happening in my neck of the woods, in Winchester, in Muncie, what's going on in Anderson, Union City, Yorktown, you name it, if it's happening in East Central Indiana or beyond, and it's interesting, we will talk about it. So where are we at right now? Well, with it being the end of November 2019, we are quickly coming up on December. That means we are absolutely staring down the barrel of the end of the year and we are looking towards the hope of tomorrow or the hope of 2020 january 1st 2020 is quickly approaching and with it means the end of some administrations and the beginning of a new administration in several different communities and with that brings hope 
I'll I'll be honest, like I've said multiple times, as far as Winchester, I'm not too hopeful. We will have a new mayor. We will have a new city clerk. We will have a couple new city council members. But honestly, I just don't feel hopeful. I don't feel like this new administration is going to bring with it anything different than what Byram's administration brought. And I just feel as though we have a long way to go in Winchester before things are better. We have a big, big hole to dig out of. And we have a lot of work to do. We have basically had a non-existent mayor or mayor's office since August. And honestly, even before then, he's basically been checked out since he lost the state reps race in November of 2018. So I feel as though we are like a year behind in Winchester. And it's going to require a mayor and a mayor's staff and all of the elected officials working together to benefit Winchester. And I just have a lot of questions that I need to ask Mayor Bob McCoy, currently Mayor-elect Bob McCoy. He refuses to communicate with me. He won't have a choice come January. Starting January 1st, he's going to have a lot of questions and, you know, I guess he can choose to answer them or not answer them, but I'll ask them each and every council meeting. I will continue to email him asking him these questions. And when he refuses after so long to answer them, I'll continue working against him. And I will make the four years of his time as mayor one large campaign as to why he shouldn't be mayor next time around so you know he has a choice i will tell you i'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt because so far he hasn't given me a reason to do that now i do feel the council will be better in this next four-year run than it was in the last four years and i feel that way for a couple of reasons i feel that way because I feel like the current council, the people who are there now, I feel like they do as good a job as they can currently because for a while they weren't. From 2016, 2017, and the beginning part of 2018, I felt as though they didn't have a clue what they were doing. I still feel there are some counselors that really are out of whack and and just really shouldn't be there, but... I feel as though at least they have a little bit of issue when they hear something stupid. They, they are able to call it out and to question it a little bit more. And so maybe we'll have them to kind of go off of and they won't let Mayor McCoy get away with craziness that Sean has tried to get away with. We'll have to wait and see. You know, if I have to come back and eat my words, I will. But I'm going to use this episode to just kind of go over where we are here at the end of the year as a recap and a look ahead 
to my predictions and my thoughts and feelings of 2020. And I know I'm going to get people out there that's going to say, well, this is negative and you're, you know, you're not giving them a chance and you should be positive. And, you know, with politicians, folks, I just haven't seen that. You know, when one politician shows me that he can or she can keep their word and that what they say is what they do and how they act is in line with what we were told all along, and that happens for more than three or four months at a time, or it happens during the four years we have them and not just during the campaign season, well, then maybe I'll change my tune. But so far, I haven't seen that, and I have seen more disappointment on everybody, from everybody, across the board. So, you know, I shouldn't get blamed or looked down upon or called names or, you know, you shouldn't get to say that I'm the bad guy because I'm just telling it how it is. No politician has so far made me feel as though They are truly there, and they give a shit, and what they say is what they mean, and what they campaign on is how it's going to be. Everybody, and I truly mean everybody, has acted differently after the campaign is over, once they win, than how they've acted during the campaign. And I understand that's all part of it, but, you know, maybe that's why people are so... Apathetical. Maybe that's why only 12 and 20% get out to vote. Because people say, I don't need nor do I want the fake nonsense. I want somebody to do what they say and say what they do and mean what they say and say what they mean. And I want someone to spit it to me truthfully and I just want somebody to be the same person 12 months out of the year, not be one way because it's campaign season, and then the Wednesday after election day, wake up and be something different. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Winchester, because so far, and I'm just telling you how I feel, so far, I haven't seen anything that makes me believe that we're headed in a good direction. Now, Muncie, let's talk about Muncie for a second, okay? It's the end of November 2019. We're staring down the last 30-some days of Mayor Tyler's administration. The Democrats in Muncie and in Delaware County were handed an absolute spanking during the election on Tuesday, November 5th, 2019, and a message was sent to Democrat headquarters, to 214, whatever you want to call it, that the bullshit that goes on under Ali Craycraft and under Mike White and under Phil Nichols, it's not going to be acceptable anymore to the people of the city of Muncie. Now, I know that not everybody that could have voted, voted. I know that we need to work on voter turnout. 
that has to be worked on everywhere. But the people who did vote sent a clear message. Now, the craziness has still went on. And, of course, the FBI investigation is plugging away. Mayor Tyler was arrested on Monday, November 18th for theft of public monies. We'll have to see how that plays out. There will be a couple trials of individuals who've been wrapped up in the corruption investigation that'll be happening in January. Of course, I'll have information there. But when we come back on the other side of this break, we'll be looking ahead at Dan Reidenauer's administration and what the future holds for Muncie and what we think will or will not happen. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we'll be right back. They were outnumbered, out-equipped. They had no chance of winning, but they had one huge advantage, General George Washington. The fate of unborn millions will now depend under God on the courage and conduct of this army. We have to resolve to conquer or die. Just as the leadership of one man helped form a nation, today leadership can transform the world. Leadership is in you. Now pass it on from PassItOn.com. You're listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher Bilbrick. Well, welcome back, everyone. Thank you, uh, Dennis Tyler there, Mayor Tyler, soon to be former Mayor Tyler of the city of Muncie, for giving us that intro plug. Welcome back from commercial break. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you weren't too uh, busy otherwise to, to do that. That was great. Thank you. All right, so folks, what are we talking about? Well, I'm just using this episode 58 just kind of as a wrap-up of the year of this last four years of different administrations and kind of a look forward as we take a look to the 2020 year and the start of all of these new administrations kicking off in local government all over East Central Indiana. So before break, we were talking about the hope that 2020 would bring forth. And I want to say this, and I want to be very clear when I say this, that I am somebody who am very, very hopeful for Dan Reidenauer's time in office. I think Dan is a good man. I feel as though Dan won't hurt the city on purpose. I feel as though Dan will do the best that he can do for Muncie. But, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. I feel as though Dan will be a good mayor. I'm going to say this, though. For anybody that's listening to this that is out there that was supportive of Dan and that knows me, I have been saying since before May that if Dan wins... Or if Terry would have won. It doesn't matter who wins. It doesn't matter what city we're talking about. And it doesn't matter what office it is. 
I am going to praise you as a public official when you deserve praise. And I'm going to ask you tough questions when tough questions need to be asked. And if tough questions need to be asked on day one, I'm going to ask them. Now, that doesn't mean you have to turn the podcast off. It doesn't mean you have to send me hate mail. It doesn't mean you don't have to ever listen and I'm an idiot and we just disagree. No, 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 no. Because I do support Dan. I'm going to give Bob McCoy the benefit of the doubt, even though I don't think he deserves it. I am going to give him that benefit of the doubt. And that's that. But let me explain to you the caveat here, my issue with why I said but a moment ago. Dan is a good guy. But I'm going to be perfectly honest. There have been a few people, and when I say a few, I mean more than a few, who have talked about the fact that they feel Dan might be too nice. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I want somebody dirty and rough and gruff and doing wrong, busting in the doors. And I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that sometimes when you have people in a position like Dan's, people try to gravitate toward them for their own purposes. And I'm worried about that. Dan had a quick couple of test runs right after the election. And I feel like he failed them. I'm not the only person that feels like that either. So don't jump down my case. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about while mayor-elect is still a counselor, Dan Ridenauer. He really failed to take any action back during the most recent city council meeting, removing John Hampton from that meeting by at least calling for a vote. Now, I get it. If Dan Ridenauer would have spoke up and called for a vote and nobody else would have, at least Dan could have said, wait a minute, I don't think that he was doing right and I called him out, nobody else went along with it, but that would have been that feather Dan could have put in his pocket. Now instead, we are knocking on the door of a council meeting on December 2nd, and Dan might act then, but it's always going to be said he didn't act back on November 12th, and We'll have to see. It's not on the agenda for December 2nd. And some people are saying they think he will act. Some people are saying they don't know if he will act or not. Now, I'm not mad at him either way. It's just something that I have to bring up. I have to say, Dan ran on cleaning house, cleaning corruption, making things right. And that was an option That was a time, it was a chance for him to stand up and say, listen, he didn't say anything. Maybe you don't call for a vote then. Maybe you get some further reading and understanding, but he could have at least spoke up on the record 
and I want to explain this. When I'm saying this, it's not just me, lone nut Christopher Bilbrey saying this. I'm hearing from lots of other people. I'm hearing from other officials who will be taking office with him who said they felt as though he didn't act. So don't jump down my throat about it because that's just my opinion. If you feel he did the right thing in waiting, great. We'll have to come back and revisit this after the December 2nd meeting and or then after he takes office. Now, I will tell you this. The other scenario that I think I'm a little concerned with is so far, he's still been working 40-hour days at the bank, which I assume he has to fulfill some kind of obligation or something for retirement there or something for his uh, clients that he has to, you know, wrap those up and pass those on. I, I don't know what's going on there. I'm hoping to see him start taking a more active role on the transition team. I'll tell you this. I was getting press releases from Dan just two days after the election. And then the Hampton thing happened, and I started asking some tough questions. And all of a sudden, I don't get the press releases anymore. And then, on November 22nd, a statement is made to the Dan Ridenauer for Muncie Mayor page, and the statement goes as follows. Quick update. In the first nine days of accepting applications for appointed position within the new Muncie City Administration, we received 74 applications. The interviewing so far has been limited to just a couple of positions, so we have increased our transition team. To help with the volume, they have added the following people. And you see Dan Ridenauer standing with a large group of folks, men and women, black and white, of all kind of political background, Democrat, Republican, Independent. And those folks include the following names. Erin Kinsella, who is a Muncie resident, and she spoke back during the August 5th city council meeting when the large crowd was there to fight the mercury dust plant. Her husband is a political science professor at Ball State University. I've actually heard that she might be considering a run for county office as a Democrat. Back during the late summer and early fall, I had witnessed her at a couple different political functions for Democrat candidates, so time will tell. Moving on from her is Kevin Woodgett, John Orlowski, who is a local attorney in Muncie, Delaware County, Frank Scott, who had been a candidate for office, Linda Gray, Tony Skinner, the Delaware County Sheriff, Elizabeth Rowerway, Barbara Taylor, Ben Polk, who is the son of Muncie City Councilor Brad Polk, who will retain his seat in 2020, Chandra Parks, Ted Baker, a local businessman and Republican candidate for office to a couple offices who was unsuccessful, Kent Irwin, and Mark Heskett. They have all joined the transition team along with Nancy Larson, or Nancy Lindell, the wife of Steve Lindell, who will be Dan Ridenauer's personnel director, and the head of the transition team, David Smith, who you will all recall is the Democrat that joined Dan's team after losing a bid for mayor 
in the May primary. He is a former state trooper and apparently is leading the transition team. And these people all are wonderful people, great people in and of their own right. I, I tell you, I'm happy to see Tony Skinner there. I thought maybe seeing Skinner there might mean that Dan was looking at hiring a police chief from outside of the ranks of MPD. Let me be very clear. I have been very adamant. I have said this to Dan in text, person to person, in phone calls, and in emails, that if he wants to truly break away from the culture of corruption on the Muncie City Police Department, and if he truly wants to beat that down and have an absolutely 100% functioning, fully right side of the law police department, that it's my belief that he needs to pull a chief for the chief's position from outside of the department. If he wants to give a deputy chief position to someone from inside, go for it. But in order to take control of MPD and to really right that ship, he needs to pull a chief from the Indiana State Police, a, retri a retired trooper, a retired sheriff's deputy, you know, maybe somebody from outside of Delaware County, I'll be honest, but I would be okay with anybody as long as they came from outside of the department. But I'm hearing that that might not exactly be what's going to happen. I'm hearing that he probably will be pulling officers from the rank and file that have rank up to being the chief from within the department. So we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed that whoever that is is a good choice, is a clean choice. And I've been very clear. There are a couple officers who, if they are near that office, the chief's office or the deputy chief's office, I will take issue with. And that would be Nate Sloan, that would be Justin Peters, Amy Kessler. And, you know, that just really can't happen. I have a few others that I'm going to keep quiet for the time being. We'll see. But I just, those are names that have been floated out in the public. And there's probably no truth to it, but I just need to get it out there. I have stated it before, but I'm stating it again. So we'll see what happens from there. Looking on down this list... Ted Baker is another name that jumps out at me and is somebody that calls a little bit of question to me when I see him on this transition team. You may or may not be familiar with Mr. Baker. He is a local businessman in Muncie, Delaware County. And for the record, I have to state I have a long history with Ted. His son and I were friends all through middle school, high school, and college. And... As kids are, a lot of times, we were dumb. We did dumb things. I was always kind of the straight edge out of all my friends. And we were in a band. I was the drummer. I had a couple guitar players, a bass player, a singer. And my friends were rowdy, liked to smoke a little bit of pot, smoke cigarettes, drink, and, you know, do things that High schoolers do, I'm not saying anybody should do, but I never got involved with all that. I was always the straight edge. And most of my friends' parents 
recognized. I was the polite one. I was the one that made sure their kids got home safe. I was the designated driver because I didn't drink because I was underage. I didn't smoke cigarettes then. I don't smoke cigarettes now. I didn't smoke pot then. I don't smoke pot now. And I didn't drink then as I don't really drink now. I do every now and then a beer here, a beer there. But, you know, I've just, that's not been my scene. Mr. Baker, however, always had some kind of a grudge against me. I don't know if he couldn't see the things that his son was doing and if he couldn't take responsibility for that himself or he couldn't blame that on his son. I don't know if he needed somebody to blame for the behaviors. I will tell you his son had some struggles but now is living a wonderful life, has cleaned himself up and is doing wonderful and is living a productive life. Now I'm not naming him or going through all of that because there's no real point to do that. But the point here is, the reason I mention this, Ted has a personal vendetta against me or a personal grudge, which is fine. I don't need to be liked by him. He doesn't need to be liked by me. People don't have to like you for things to happen. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But it's interesting that he comes into the picture with Dan right about the time I'm questioning some things. And then all of a sudden there's a little bit of blowback, cold shoulder. So it'll be interesting to see. And I'm just, I'm kind of worried about his involvement because Mr. Baker being a failed Republican candidate, you know, he of course has his agenda there. Everybody's got an agenda. He's also a businessman, and you know, sometimes businesses wax and wane and things happen, and, and so you have good luck and you have bad luck, and there's always been some question there. So I just question Ted Baker's involvement with what's going on in the transition team, and I just want to be very careful when I see some of these people I want to know who is running the team and who's the boss. Dan is the mayor-elect, and the buck stops at the top. So, you know, I just want to be very clear that I will always ask the tough questions. I will praise when praise is deserved, and I will hold their feet to the fire when that's deserved, and I don't care if there are 40 people in front of you or 40 people behind you or there's one person or there's a hundred people i'm always going to do what i'm going to do which is look out for what's right in the community so i'll say that i'm cautiously optimistic we'll have to see where everything goes from here but looking forward we are going to see some major changes within the departments and the department heads. So hopefully that will mean a good 2020 and a good kickoff to this new administration. So we'll have to see how that goes. Next up on the list of places to be concerned about to question what's going on and to attempt to get to the bottom of craziness is Union City, Indiana. 
Union City is on the Indiana-Ohio border. There's a Union City, Indiana, and a Union City, Ohio. But my attention has been turned to Union City, Indiana. At least from the outside, it seems to be a small little community that has been up and coming and kind of seems like it's getting its act together. Ever since I moved to Winchester in 2010, I've always heard that Union City was up and coming and they were fixing up their homes and they were cleaning the streets up and they were doing a lot of good work. And this was all attributed to Mayor Brian Conklin and a council that basically worked with him and did everything he wanted. You know, basically it was just a wonderful little community and it was going to be a utopia and it was going to be great. Matter of fact, the few times that I drove to Union City for this or that, I noticed that it really looked clean and nice. And then in about 2014, 2015, definitely after the 2015 election that put this current administration in place, I started hearing people speaking out against Mayor Conklin, and I heard people saying that, you know, they thought he was doing this or that under the table or, or different things. But I never heard a whole lot, and people really didn't speak out about it much. And then last week, I received a link from several people telling me that I have to watch a city council meeting that occurred just that that day. I think it actually occurred on November 11th, Veterans Day. Instead of pushing the meeting off, they went ahead and had it on Veterans Day. And now during this meeting, I heard one of the most bizarre exchanges between a mayor and a city council person that I've heard in quite some time based off what they were talking about. And I'm going to let you hear that right here. Um, council members, Dan, do you got anything? Oh, yeah. yeah Okay, so what you're hearing here is the mayor said, Council members, Dan, do you have anything? And that's Mayor Conklin from Union City, Indiana. And you're getting ready to hear District 1 City Councilor Dan Vinson lay into him here about this problem that he's heard from the community. A letter was sent. <clears throat> A letter was sent to Moat Farm Service. Yes. The uh, city... I guess I don't, it's you know Union City, Indiana joined the movement. It's I think the same letter we got in our uh, water bills. Okay. And there was evidently a message at the bottom accusing of them of being negative and uh, imagine not that. doing enough for imagine the community. And, well, what's it exactly say? Just uh, please stop your negativity until you all give 16 years of your life to make your community better for your kids and grandkids okay and so now stop there all right stop there so you have an understanding of what we're talking about the city of union city indiana mailed out the water bills i guess for the month of november so the clerk's office mailed these water bills out and in this water bill each and every person that received a water bill received a letter detailing all the wonderful things that Mayor Brian Conklin has done for the city during his time as mayor. See, his time is almost up, he didn't run for re-election, and a new mayor will be taking office January 1st. That new mayor is Chad Spence. He is currently a city councilor, 
and he'll be taking office January 1st, so Brian Conklin's time is up. And during the last election cycle and the last couple years before that, Conklin started taking heat from citizens, which, right or wrong, they have a right to do. And as a politician, it's just par for the course. It comes with the job. But what's happened here is Brian Conklin's wife, who's nobody in the community, Peachy Conklin, wrote a letter, a nasty little comment, on the bottom of this bizarre letter that went inside the bill for the water that the clerk's office sent out, which is totally inappropriate. And they sent it to a business because people at that business, two or three different guys, were speaking on their own time about the city. And so she left this comment for these guys and their business, which is completely inappropriate. And she owes the business an apology. She owes these three gentlemen an apology. She owes the elected officials from the city of Union City an apology. And she owes the community an apology. But what you have here, and that's what's really crazy is you have a city councilor bringing this problem before the council on the record and bringing it before the mayor, and the mayor's being completely flip about it. He shows his ass here big time. Let's continue going on listening to this. Kind of frustrated citizen, but evidently Mr. Moat wasn't... Uh, or it was actually addressed to all, or in care of all three employees says Mark, Scott, and Pruitt. Okay. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine that. that. And imagine, imagine that. that. Yeah. Why what's what's, ima- what's, what's the mayor the saying? The imagine letter? that. The letter? Yeah. I'm not sure there's anything wrong with the letter. We've all read it. Yeah. It was all sent oh, okay. out the water okay. bills. I mean, that's, yeah. it's not the wrong. part at the bottom of accusing them not being doing negative. enough. Being negative? Being negative and it's not doing enough. Social media, I tell you, get people riled up out Social there. media? Yeah, my, I'll be darned. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Social media. Well, Facebook or whatever else. It's this out isn't there. Facebook. This is a letter. We talk about. It. Let me yeah, be clear that's, here. That's where it's coming from. Yeah, that's probably where it's coming Brian from. Brian Conklin is being from. a complete ass and an idiot yeah. here in this statement he's making here. Yeah. That, that, well, I don't know about that. that. Dan, Dan, you know what happens during elections? People say stuff that they uh, try to get people riled up about. Pause. I think that was probably. Pause. This means little Brian Conklin got his feelings hurt during the election and his wife come to bat for him. What in the hell's going on here? We got a point behind this here in a minute. Just we'll let you listen for a little bit longer. To address the negativity. Imagine that. What negativity? Imagine that. What are you talking about? I think if you want to keep on talking about it, go right ahead. But I think that that letter pretty much explained what's taking place in the last 16 years. No, it doesn't. Well, I suppose that's true, but the accusation that they've never done anything. I don't think it said that. Who? Well, it says until you all give 16 years of your life to make your community better. And I think Mr. Uh, Scott Byram gave an awful lot of years donating his time. Scott Byram, not Sean Byram. Scott Byram, not Sean Byram. Sean Byram is my mayor who I've been fighting about. Scott Byram is just a citizen over there in around Union City. 
with no compensation for years. And, and they, it doesn't give... The bottom line is, everybody has the right to their opinion. Ding, ding, right? ding, 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 ding. There he said it. Everybody has a right to their opinion. So you have these people who voiced opinions about Mayor Conklin. And keep in mind, Mayor Conklin's son is running or has ran for city council and won. And that was all a very strange thing because he actually got beat in the primary and the person who beat him, Ron Pruitt, who's lived in his house and considered himself in that district forever, they said that he didn't actually live inside the district. Now there's some claim that they redistricted, and that's very strange. I'll be looking into that. But basically, this has come up because citizens in Union City have started questioning what exactly has been going on with deals that the mayors made with various people, specifically Rob Likens, who is a businessman and is always kind of starting up different businesses here and there. And I guess what's being stated is there have been deals made between the mayor and Rob Likens where the city of Union City has given Rob and his business, Echo Systems, Union City, $600,000 over the course of the last three or four years and in turn, Rob Lycan's company was supposed to create 200 jobs. That's what cities do. Economic development, and that would be a big thing. Here's the problem. It didn't create 200 jobs. They've only had about 50-some employees there. And there's been blowback all along. And there's supposed to be ways for Union City to get this money back. Dan Vinson is not so sure from what he's saying here that they're going to get that money back. And so now you have people in the community that's starting to talk. And because this current mayor, Brian Conklin, because his wife or he didn't like what people in the community are talking about and she wanted to exact a little bit of revenge... She wrote this handwritten, weird statement telling them all to give their time, which is not right for her to say and doesn't have any business being sent to them. If she wanted to talk to them about their opinion, she could do it in person. She could write them her own letter from her own house and mail it, not having the city send it out in a water bill, which is completely out of line. And now I've got people from Union City messaging me, asking me for a little bit of help to point them in the right direction of how to get records, what they need to look up. And so now perception is reality is looking into the contract and the deal between the city of Union City and Rob Likens and Ecosystems LLC or whatever it is because there's word on the street that this business is getting ready to file for bankruptcy which would absolutely screw the city and the citizens out of this money that 
who knows if they should have even been out of in the first place. So now this is something that we'll be taking a look at and it's not going to be wrapped up before this administration ends. So the new administration will be coming into Union City, Chad Spence, a new mayor and several different counselors. And we'll have to see what they plan to do with any of this and how they plan to go forward. One thing I do know is I will be looking into this and we will make sure that we get to the bottom of it. And if there is any wrongdoing, well, just being out of office doesn't clear anyone of any wrongdoing that they did when they were in office. So we will get to the bottom of it and we will help the citizens of Union City. And I'm saying right now, if you're a citizen of Union City and you have anything that you would like to add to this or you have any other issues, you are more than welcome to call me and to be on the show. You can talk to me on the record or off the record and we will get to the bottom of this. We hope that the new administration in 2020 will be a voice of reason and will do right by you guys instead of doing things that help themselves out or help out their buddies. If you're from Union City or any other community and you want to call me or get a hold of me about this or anything else, you can do so by calling the show at 765 546 9796. Of course, I'm going to continue paying attention to what's happening in Anderson as I continue to communicate with Stephanie Finney and continue to learn what is happening there and what we're up against in Anderson. The goal is to continue to build citizens there that can speak out and can do what needs to be done to hold their officials accountable and make sure that their officials are acting transparently and to make sure that things are running the way they should be. Anderson citizens might be up against it a little bit because their current administration, for the most part, will be who is also in power come January. So Anderson's going to be a community that needs some help moving forward. And that's the goal of all of this. Empowering citizens to be educated, informed, and to be invested so that they can stand up and to hold their officials accountable and to better their government through their citizen involvement. That's the whole point of this podcast, of this platform, and everything that I do. Take away the microphone, take away the shows, and my goal is to help better government through my involvement and through educating citizens to get involved so that they can better their government through their citizen involvement as well. So if you live in one of these communities and you have issues, get a hold of me, 765-546-9796. If you live in another community and have an issue, call me. I'll take a look, I'll see what I can do, and we'll see about bettering your government. Getting you and your fellow citizens informed, educated, and involved, and building a network to where you don't have to do it on your own. I don't have to do it on my own. Building up a network of people that can come together and help each other out and make their communities the best places that they can be to live, work, and play. 
That's what this podcast is all about. Nothing more, nothing less. Making communities the best places to live, work, and play. And that's what it's going to always be about. Education, empowerment, informing, a little bit of entertainment, and holding government accountable for their actions. Keeping them transparent, keeping them honest, and keeping citizens in control of what is occurring in their communities. And if officials aren't doing right, and they're not transparent, and they're not accountable, then it's time for them to go. We'll help you pack the bags. And before we get ready to go, I do want to remind everybody that the last episode, episode 58, was part one of the Intro to American Civics. Next episode, episode 60, will be part two that will be out Saturday, November 30th. Please share that with everyone that you know. It's good for high school students, middle school students, college students, people who are just now getting interested in the local political process. Get them listening to the podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Any of those work, and this is one way to stay educated. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbury, and we'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for this 59th episode of Perception is Reality. Looking forward to 2020. There are some things I hope I'm not right about. I guess time will tell that it always does. If you haven't listened to part one of the Intro to American Civics, episode 58, please do that soon. And remember, part two, episode 60, will be out Saturday, November 30th. Please tune in for that. It'll be another good episode. For all of us here at Perception is Reality, God bless. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.